You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania and also this morning from Devonport with David Leo. Welcome <laughs> David. Yes, thank you. Thank you Jason. Uh, hello to you and happy Monday to you and everybody listening. Yeah, how is it in Devonport this morning David? It's a bit chilly, actually. It's nice and sunny, and uh, yeah, but wake up pretty cold. Sunny but chilly, yeah. It's a bit like that down <laughs> yeah. here as well. It's nice to see the sun, but uh, sometimes the sun can be deceptive in that it's still a bit cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. David, uh, you you live in Devonport, and I'm just wondering, uh, I used to live up that direction when I was younger, and uh, I'm wondering if you frequently see the, the boat that comes over from Melbourne, the Spirit of Tasmania. Do you see that in coming in and out of the river? I see it often. You yeah. know, when you go for a walk, or if you're just driving down the, uh, down to town, yeah, we often often see the boat just parked there, ready to go. And sometimes we see it on the water. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a magnificent looking boat. <laughs> Makes me wonder how many people have been travelling uh, more recently because of the COVID. But uh, anyway, yeah, it, it, uh, mm. when I think of Devonport, I always think of the spirit of Tasmania. So. If uh, if you've been to Tassie before and you've brought your vehicle across, no doubt uh, you would come you would on the on. yeah you would have been on the boat. But um, yep, yeah. So David, uh, what's the uh, topic that you're going to be talking about today? It's actually a really interesting one. Today we're talking about uh, the tables, the tables turning, right? And and there's a bit of a play on words because we actually look at Jesus uh, turning over tables in the temple, and and in this particular story, if you've never heard it before. Uh, and you're hearing it for the first time, a lot of people, when they hear it or read it, they presume that, um, wow, you know, he sounds angry, you know, mm. and perhaps they're, perhaps they're right. We don't get, the Bible doesn't tell us what his emotions are at that time, but I've never seen anyone with a, uh, you know, doing it out of fun or anything like that, you know, turning over tables when they're upset what's going on. But it, it's, a, it's a strange one because a lot of, you know, a lot of times we, as Christians, we're off, we often lean towards, you know, a compassionate, Kind, uh, gentle type of spirit. You know, that's that's the that's what we often give off and and, and uh, look look like. And then we see this Jesus turning over tables, and then we think, oh, is it is that right? Can 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 we do that as Christians? Can we be angry? And in fact, the Bible says in Ephesians four twenty six. Uh, see what you make of this, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it says it says, be angry and sin not. Mm. Be angry and don't. Uh, that's the King James version. But yeah. be angry, but don't sin. And you go, oh, what? What does that mean? And and, and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted so, to put it to you, Jason. So often we connect anger with sin. That's right. But the anger itself is not the sin. It's uh, perhaps how we act when we're angry. That's the sin. Ah, interesting. Okay, so you come from the angle. Yeah, you come from the angle saying. Um, what what the what the outcome is? Or what? what, what yeah. What do about. we do with that anger? And you know. <clears throat> If we go and uh, hurt people because we're angry, then that uh, obviously is is sin. But uh, yeah, well, we we don't see that happening in, in our lives, do we? Uh, we, uh, hope, we hope not. We hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, one of the um, I'll never forget this. When I was a teenager, uh, I think I just went once or twice because I don't remember doing it that often. But uh, this one particular, uh, the youth went to visit. Um, or the youth leader took a couple, a few of the youth to do visitations at the prisons. And uh, when I got to the, this is back in Auckland, back in Auckland, New Zealand. When I got to the prison, a few, I saw a few uh, more than a, you know, more than my fair share of fellow Pacific Islanders, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and, and they, when I talked to a few of them, they had no, they didn't have that 
typical my understanding of a typical criminal you know mm. that they should have a a gruff voice you know like hey how you doing boy yeah. you know what are you doing you know, like, and and you know tattoos everywhere and um yeah just this mean look they, they didn't have that my stereotype of an under, of understanding what a criminal looks like and when i sat down i sat down with three gentlemen they were probably no they were, they were, they were in the probably 20 to 30 they were, they were younger than my dad but uh, when i sat down and, ch- and chatted with them and asked them what happened um, all three of them are uh, separate. They were separate interviews. They went together, but all of them it, it came because they lost their cool. Mm. You know, they got angry. They said they always had temper problems. Yeah, and um, and it, it was scary because one of them said something that my brother told me. You know, my brother said he, yeah, you know, growing up, my brother he had he, he had a short fuse as well. And uh, one time, older, he he was able to express to me and said, you know, sometimes when I lose my cool, I, I don't really see people. I just I see shadows of people, mm. you know, and I see red mm. and I, and then I go off and I'm like, wow. And one of those prisoners said the same thing. And I was like, whoa, wow. That's, that's uh, what my brother said. You know, like this is, this is crazy. But these guys lived normal lives. You know, they were, they were, they were working. Uh, two of them had families. And in the moment, in that moment of anger, they hurt somebody mm. you know, violently, mm. you know, and then, Afterwards, just regret. Oh man, you know what have I done? You know, like oh, this is just but just that split second of losing their cool. But so, being angry and sin not that's that's an interesting. Yeah, it's so easy to do that uh, with our words too, David. You know, isn't it when when we become angry? And uh, I've I've been reading a little bit about this lately, and um, apparently there's you know that surge of adrenaline that that we get when we get angry. You know, which is. Uh, I guess associated with the physical reactions that we might have, um, but that can also affect our reasoning and our logic, and we can then start to say things that are, are very hurtful as well. And then you start taking it back, right? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you you talked about um, you talked about uh, perhaps being angry and sin not is the outcome, right? Mm. Is the outcome? It could be the outcome of what happens when I hurt somebody, and uh, I want to put it to you also. Could it be the motive as well? The yeah. motive of being angry. You know, like I want to come from that angle that what caused you to be angry in the first instance? Yeah, that's right. You know, mm. and, and, I, and I think for most of us, I think a lot of our listeners could relate to this as well. Um, anger comes as a protective tool. Mm. You know, once, once we feel threatened and we feel as if uh, our, our way of being preserved is being um, imposed upon, we defend it. With anger, you know, like how dare you intrude in whatever, whatever it may be, you know, like it could offend you, whatever offends us, we jump to defense immediately. And so mm. I suppose the point I'm trying to make is quite often we get angry when, um, it's, it's a selfish thing. It's, it's to protect our individuality. It's protect our, uh, whatever things that we cherish, whatever things are important to us, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing because, <laughs> you know, if, if somebody's going to hurt your children and you get angry, that's, that's probably a good thing, <laughs> a good thing to be angry about, you know, because you're protecting your kids. But mm. if you get angry because someone said, "Oh, you know, I don't like the color of your jersey," well, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, well, that's your that's your opinion, you know, mm. that's your thing. But yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get angry about that. It's just the jersey, you know. It's like, so there are some things that are. Uh are worthy of anger, I guess. Um, you know, when we see injustice being done, um, yeah, I would say that's worthy of anger. But it's not worthy of taking that anger and doing something bad. 
and you've just you've just given a good segue into what we're going to talk about. So let's mm. <laughs> let's jump uh, let's jump into our reading and have a okay. have a look at this. Um, and in, in fact, we're gonna we'll get into the earlier part of this. But I think um, if we could start at uh, verses, so we're going to Mark eleven, yeah, and um, we're going to look at twelve to twenty five. But just for now, if we could just read uh, verses fifteen to nineteen. Okay. 15 to 19, if we could just read that, and I'll, I'll just say a prayer before we before we begin. Sure. Father in heaven, as we're about to hear your words, Lord, we know that you've promised that our faith will increase in hearing your words. And Father, we know that uh, it will increase even more so when we do them. And so we ask that you can inspire us and encourage us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to read from Mark chapter 11, and I'm mm-hmm. reading from the English Standard Version Bible. And we're reading 15, verse 15 to 19. It's uh, titled in my Bible here, Jesus cleanses the temple. Mm-hmm. And they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Yeah, so there's a a reading of Jesus turning over the tables. Mm. And it's interesting, you just, we just, um, you just read in verse 18, it said, The chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him. Mm. You know, it's interesting. When you, when you read the same same uh, story in the book of Matthew, it says that after he had turned, it, turned over the tables, that the lame and the ones that needed healing came to Jesus. And it said the children were calling out Hosanna. Mm. And so... This is something else that's interesting, uh, Jason. If you try and picture it, our listeners, you can try and picture this. He's turning over tables and doing all these things. These people are feeling afraid, but for some reason, the people that need healing and the children are not driven away. They're mm. not scared of him. Mm. So, yeah, isn't that, isn't that, that, is that, a, isn't that a strange thing? It is interesting because as a kid, mm. you know, as a kid, when I saw conflict, I knew what conflict looked like, and I was thinking, yeah. "Man, what's going to happen? Am I going to get hurt in this conflict? Should I join in? What am, what am I supposed to do?" But these children, they just stick there. They're not. Af- they're not afraid of Jesus. Mm. <laughs> There's something about that. Something. That's, yeah, that's that really interesting. I'd, I'd never, I'd <clears throat> never thought of that uh, aspect before. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, now, just uh, so our listeners know, you can communicate with us via a mobile text number. The number is zero four eight eight. Eight eight zero eight nine one. That's our Tassie Encounters number, zero four double eight 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 zero eight nine one. You can write that down, save it into your phone, and uh, we'll ask a question. And we've got a, a, a book to give away later in the program. Mm. But right now, we're going to go to a break, <clears throat> and we're going to listen to this song, "The Faithful Love of Jesus." This is Stephen Curtis Chapman and Ricky Skaggs joining with Hilary Scott and the Scott family. There are arms that we can lean into that always will receive us an endless well of living truth the faithful 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters and we're speaking with David Leo this morning. And we've just been reading from Mark chapter 11 where Jesus overturned the tables in the temple where the money changers were there and uh, selling pigeons and um, yeah, they were... They were being a little bit, uh, my understanding, David, is that in the temple they were actually ripping people off, I guess is the, the modern day way of saying it. Isn't it? They, they came to purchase an animal to uh, offer as a sacrifice, but these money changers were really extorting people. Is that right? Oh, there's there's a whole heap of things happening here, Jason. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah it's a good point because Jesus is not angry with, you know, a lot of people, the Jews, he's going on um, God said uh, to Moses make me a sanctuary so I can dwell amongst my people and now it's turned into a commercial uh, extortion it's turned into a scam yeah and uh, it, after after our next break um, after our next song we'll, we'll, I'll get more into it but there's mm. there's so many other things happening here we'll, we'll touch on a few of them but um, you know there, there are people that can't even afford to go in there but one of the biggest things you know there's uh, in Herod's temple which is the temple that this is referring to in Herod's temple is quite elaborate, you know, and in the, the, there's different places in it. There's the, the men's court, there's the woman's court, there's the Gentiles court, and the Gentiles court is uh, presumably where this is happening. And it's, it's about 35 acres, Jason. Wow, that's 35 huge. Acres. Mm. It's huge. And so it's like a, it's like a, a massive, um, massive market that's yeah. going on. Mm. And I, I just told you it's the Gentiles court, right? Mm. That's where the Gentiles are supposed to be able to worship, right. but they come and there's a market happening. Yeah, and, and so camp. you can. That, that's right. How, that, how this? And that's why Jesus says, you know, is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? Oh there man, it is. Yeah. his his reference, his reference, and uh, I was going to do this in the next section, but I wouldn't want to go there now. Isaiah fifty in Isaiah fifty six, the whole chapter, it's it's about God saying to the Israelites that He wants foreigners to be welcomed in His group as well, you know. And so you've got you know you've got people that want to join the Jews, they want to join this covenant people, mm. but they're not Jews themselves. And God says in Isaiah fifty six, let them come. You know, like my my house should be a house of worship. My uh, this this uh, this people, you're supposed to represent me and be people that say, "Hey, come, come worship God with us." And the other part where he says, "But you've made this place into a den of robbers," mm. he's referencing Jeremiah seven verse eleven. And so he's taking Isaiah and Jeremiah, and you, and I've said this in the past. If you look to where he's referencing where people quote the Bible in the New Testament when you go back to the Old Testament to look at what they're talking about you will see the context and what they're saying and you get a better insight and in why Jesus is doing what he's doing mm. and it's uh, um, so the first part is they're not fulfilling what Isaiah 56 said you know that's that's the first part and the second part is there's going to be a place where the Gentiles can come and worship and they look around and what do they see they see that everybody loves money around here mm. Yep. It's not meant to be a place where you worship money, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, but oh man, you know, you can you can already. I, I get quite passionate about this too because, as you know, Jason, it's still happening today, isn't it? Mm. You know, you get some, mm. you get some preachers and some uh, church organizations and Christians that 
have a totally different motive to worshiping God and they've, they've seen it as a place of embezzlement and a mm. place where, hey, I can take advantage of people that, you know, this person's got cancer and I'm going to take advantage of them and say, hey, if you give me this much money, you know, I could pray over your cancer and it's going to get healed. And it's like, man, mm. that's not what this is about. You know, we, we want healing, but money's not meant to be... <laughs> money <laughs> you know, isn't to, to do with it, yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, and so, and, 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 you know, I get angry about those things, you know, so it's like... If I get angry about it, imagine how Jesus, the one that asked for this place to be built uh, to make it happen, mm. you know. So, but I did want to have a. I wanted to have talking about um, looking around the context. I wanted to look yeah. at the context around this uh, this particular story, um, and it starts at verse twelve, you know, verse twelve in Mark. But um, I've talked about the Mark and Sandwich before. I don't know. So, some of you listeners that have been following along. I talk about the Mark and Sandwich uh, when we're talking about the woman that was bleeding. And the story starts off with a man named Jairus whose daughter has died and asked Jesus to help. And then we get interrupted with the story about this woman that's been bleeding for 12 years. And then it continues with the story of Jairus and his daughter. And we see the same thing happening in this particular situation. It talks about a fig tree, Jesus is cursing a fig tree, talks about cleansing the temple, and then it goes back to the fig tree again. But... um Jason, do you mind if we can do you mind reading that that first part, verses yeah. twelve to thanks, twelve Jason. to fourteen? It says, yes. uh, "On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, "May no may no one ever eat fruit from you again.'" And his disciples heard it. Yes. So now, now we're going to fig tree. What's a fig tree? What's the cursing of a fig tree got to do with the cleansing of the temple? And uh, here's another strange thing, that Jason. When you read that, what are your thoughts? Jesus is causing. Uh, Jesus is cursing a fig tree, but it's not the season for figs to grow. Yeah, it seems unfair <laughs> initially when you when you look at it. Well, if it's not meant to be producing figs right now, well. A bit unfair to curse it, but uh, I'm sure Jesus had uh, another reason. And this, and, and, and there certainly was. You know, it, it's interesting because I think uh, around October, uh, around the summer, the summer season, uh, October to December, that, that's when the figs grow. You know, that's mm-hmm. when they're full, uh, full flight. You can eat it and, and, and whatever. But around the time that Jesus is uh, going to the temple. It's around the time he's of Passover because Jesus is actually going towards the cross. You know, he's about to, he's about to put into action what, what the prophecies have been talking about. And around April, March, April time, there's these little, um, what's, what's the word? There's these little, it's just like the, the beginning of the fruit, right? Yeah, I the don't buds, know how to refer the buds. To. Yeah, like the buds. And, and Hebrews would, uh, oh, buds? Yeah, yeah, we'll say buds. Or is it after the, fl- the after the flower? Has come. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's after the flower. Yeah, right. After okay. the flower, right? But um, uh, anyway, the Hebrews refer to this as pagim, or pagim, and uh, they the, the Hebrews would eat this this thing before the the fruit would grow. So they could they actually eat that as a meal. Uh, not, not as a meal. Sorry, it's, it's something just to, to nibble on, and it was quite quite often um, it was something that they they did a lot. They ate from the fig tree from these these things that would go on the tree, and the leaves would would uh, indicate to you that they're these things are really they're, they're growing and you okay. can go and eat them, right. right? So it's not the full fig, but it's got the it's got the um, oh, the word's gone from me. But anyway, 
Jesus comes to this, and it's got it's got all the leaves to say, you know, it should have something there, but there's nothing. Yeah, it should there. have, yeah. and there's nothing there, and there's nothing there, and this gives us an indication of what's about to happen. He's about to go to the temple where everything should be happening, but instead, there's nothing there. Mm. No, there's nothing. There's nothing to be said. In fact, um, we're talking about Isaiah and Isaiah uh, five. Isaiah five has. <clears throat> and this is a good reference too. You know, Jesus said, "I am the vine, and you are the branches." You know, um, with me you bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. That's what mm. Jesus says in John fifteen verse five, right? Mm. And Isaiah five um, verse seven it says, "For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are, are his pleasant planting." And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed; for righteousness, but behold. An outcry. Right, so Israel, the house of Israel, was meant to be his representation of what justice and righteousness and all these things look like. And people came to them to find these things, but instead they found something else. You know, they weren't producing the fruit that that God had uh, instigated and initiated the the temple worship. In the first instance, people should be able to look at the the house of Israel, the covenanted people. He should be able to look at them and say, uh, everyone should be able to look at them and say, this is how we worship God. Hmm. This is how we live our lifestyle. This is how we eat and drink. This is how we wear clothes. This is how we speak to people. This is how we make music and how we make art. You know, these people, they, they're showing us what, is it, what it means to follow God. And instead, these people that want to find out what it's like to follow God, they enter the temple mm-hmm. and they find out what it's like to make money. They, yeah, <laughs> they, they see a, a money-making business going on. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into more details about that now uh, after the song, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, before we go to the break, I will just let you know our book offer today. It's an interesting title, De Sozo, and, and I think uh, – I think David will explain what that means a little bit later. De Sozo, Reversing the Worst Evil. That's our book offer. That's coming up. We'll give you the code a bit later. But if you haven't got the number written down, it's 0488 8808891. Uh, just before we go to the break, let's uh, ask our listeners a question, David. What do you think? If you're listening today, what do you think Jesus means by producing fruit? What do you think yeah. Jesus means by producing fruit? Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Text us in your answers. We would love to hear what you've got to say. So uh, this is "O oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go" by Chris Rice. Shines blaze its day. 
brighter, fairer be. O oh, joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promises not vain. That morn shall tearless be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead. And from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless peace, life that shall endless peace, endless peace, endless peace. Listening to Sassy Encounters, and this is uh, Jason Cook, your host, with David Leo today. And uh, we're talking about turning the tables, Jesus in the temple, when he turned over the tables of the money changers. And we've just also visited the passage just before that, which talked about a fig tree where Jesus went to see it, and it had no uh, fruit, and it had no. Um, buds or no early fruit whatever the name for that was and jesus cursed the fig tree now we asked a question just before we end of the break what do you think jesus means by producing fruit and of course we related that with israel being uh, a vineyard and it was meant to produce fruit david but uh, it didn't wasn't really doing that no that's right uh, instead it had uh, had nothing at all, and Jesus curses the tree and says, "May may it never produce anything." And then he enters it, and we talk about the Mark and Sandwich, you know, and then it talks about getting into the um, uh, getting into cleansing of the temple. Yeah, and it says it says uh, in the Bible it talks about the money changes. So we're going to put some. Let's we're going to pad this up and and find out what that means. And you know, for some reason. <clears throat> I haven't I haven't done enough research to find out, and hopefully somebody knows they can share it with us. But for some reason, in the uh, temple for the temple tax, they only dealt with the coins from Tyre, uh, the place you know the, the place called Tyre was what, yeah. one of the cities that the Roman Empire had taken over, mm-hmm. and they called it the Tyrian Tyrian shekel, and so you could only use a Tyrian shekel in the temple. And they used to have the money changing table on the top of Mount of the Mount of Olives, so it was away from inside the temple, right? But now you've got the it's, it's like an exchange. You come with your if you come from overseas, you come with your uh, New Zealand cash or your American cash, and then you go to the exchange to change it into Australian dollars, yeah, right? And so you've got people that come from all over the Roman Empire. They come from. Tyre, Ethiopia, there's Jews all over the place and they come for the Passover, they come for the festival 
and they come to to change to exchange their money. And uh, you know, before people used to bring their own sacrifice, mm. but uh, as we know, in twenty twenty one, we've got a we've got a lot of conveniences now that we don't have to do. And they figured out, you know, I won't I won't bring sacrifice. I'll uh, I'll a temple and buy it there. So you know, you got the money. Get this, they all where the Romans uh, and the priests they were inside each other's pockets. Yeah. And they will have merchants in the marketplace, right? And they will tell the they'll tell the merchants, um well the merchants will tell the priests, we're gonna mark our land. Now let's say they had a red uh, or a blue spray paint. I'm not saying they did this, but they had blue spray paint, but they would have a special way of marking their products, the lambs that they made uh that they uh, um, sold. You know, cultured, yeah. uh, cultivated, and the yeah. Thing, yeah, all the things they sold on market, yeah. and so they would pay the priests, you know, and say, "Hey, um, if you do this, I'll give you this much commission." And so, when the person came with their what they bought, and they brought it to the priest, and the priest examines to make sure there is no blemish, as the Bible says, mm. right? Make sure that this is a pure animal, and what they're really examining is to see if this is one of the marked products mm. right and then if it's not they'll say oh look uh this doesn't pass you're gonna have to take it back to wherever you you got it and go buy it from the other merchant for some exorbitant price mm. and so this is going on inside the temple mm. and so when they come back and they've bought this expensive sacrifice the priest looks oh there's the mark yes this is a good this is a good sacrifice and then they go through with what the bible teaches and so you can see you can see just from that small example, that's just one of the things that happened. So there's there's a money exchanging, and Mark, he only points out that Jesus um, flipped over the the table with with the doves or the pigeons, right? And this is the cheapest form of uh, sacrifice that you can get. This is in fact this is what Joseph and Mary bought because that's all they could afford mm. when they bought their sacrifice to the temple for the sake of Jesus' birth, right? But this is this is the poorest. This is this is the cheapest form of sacrifice you can bring to the uh bring to the priest and jesus knows that even with this you're making you're making a profit out of mm. and this is where you know this, this is where this is why when jesus spoke to the people that were, were poor and he said blessed are the poor and blessed are those that here are people that want to go to worship at the temple but they can't afford to <laughs> here are people that want to do this but they they don't have that ability to go to, uh, you know, worship God as as uh, God has called them to, and, and it makes it. Now, when when they went to to do this worship, it was also a big part of that was about offering their sacrifice for forgiveness of sins, wasn't it? Is that right? Well, that's right. Well, that's the that's how it became that because of the money system it made it as if that was the reason why but you look at the old testament and the way this um the old the, the sanctuary was in operation people wanted to come before the presence of god yeah you know their, their desire was that and god was inviting them and saying you can come into my presence but it also says that in my presence there is no sin right so in order for you to come into my presence this is what is to happen. You you must have a mediator, mm. and and so he offers a sacrificial system to say that to do this, then you can be in my presence. And so it's always been an invitation of God that we can come before Him. And all the pagan religions, every other religion, they did a sacrifice to appease the anger of God. 
that is not that's that's a very different situation to the way the Israelite or the uh, the um, Hebrew temple or the Hebrew sanctuary was made. It wasn't to appease God. No, it was to come before His presence. Mm. You know, there was an invitation. I want you here, but blood must be shed, and it's not going to be your blood. So if I came gonna, if I came along and I wanted to worship, but I didn't have enough money, that was basically an obstruction. Uh, so coming to be before the presence of God, yeah, correct. Could you imagine that? Mm. Where you want to be in the presence of God, mm. but you can't, and 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 people are saying, "Well, you got to have this much money to be able to mm. come to the presence of God." It's a bit like charging a fee at the entrance to church, isn't it? <laughs> For like, sure. If you want to come in, it's fifty dollars, <laughs> please. Fifty dollars. That, that is such a good. That, that's such a good example. You know, like yeah. and, and it's uh, that that's a very that's a very good way of putting it. You know, before you can come and you know before you can come to church or you can come to worship, this is what you must do. Mm. You know, like and and you can't and and so you can now you can now start sensing the anger of god mm. right and if you if you remember when it came to a person with leprosy that uh, that, that came before god it says that jesus was uh, indignant he was he was in anger that mm. this person had leprosy and nobody was willing to care for him you know mm. and he has the same indignation in the temple and he's and he goes into action mm. you know and you start seeing I made a I made a, a comment before about you know if people are attacking your children. That's probably you know anger is probably important that you act in that way you know. And Jesus can see I've got I've got Gentile worshippers, you know that that are coming to the Passover. They want to experience what it means to worship the God of the Israelites, and instead they come and see this, you know. And, and uh, I think it was I can't I can't remember off the top of my top of my head, but Gandhi. He says something. He says something along the lines of um, the thing that that uh, turns me off. Christian. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. Paraphrasing badly. But the things that turns me off Christianity are Christians. Mm. You know. And how many people have we met that have said that? You know. That have said, "Oh, look, I can't stand it that Christians say this, but I see them doing something else." Mm. You know. They come into our house. You know, and they see the way we talk to our wives. They see the way we, uh, you know, if we're, we're mean to our wives and mean to our children, uh, the way we spend our money, uh, the see us, you know, the way we talk with strangers and the way we eat and whatever we do, and they go, hmm, that doesn't match up with what they talk about. Mm. <laughs> you know, that doesn't match about what the, what the Bible says. And you know, Jesus sees these people come in to experience what it means to be a, a worshiper of Yahweh or the God of the Israelites, and instead they see. Wow, everyone's busy making money, you know. And uh, oh, I've got a, I've got a number for you, but they said that thirty five acres of just cattle and agriculture, and you know, people just hustling mm. <laughs> and negotiating. You know, that's what the, that's what God's temples turned into. Mm. You know what? And Jesus comes along and says, "No, no more, no more." Is enough, and, and he says, just like uh, afterwards, after this reading, we can see that the the fig tree, when they're leaving the temple, the fig tree has withered, and seventy A.D. that temple is literally burnt to the ground. Destroyed, yeah, it's destroyed. It's mm. no longer it's no longer serving, no longer d- performing its purpose and doing what it's meant to be doing. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we find that. In the New Testament, we find that it's no longer through a building, but through the, through people, mm. through people praying in a praying in the upper room and then spreading the message. 
We're going to go to another break shortly, but before we do, um, I'm going to ask you about this word, disosa. That's uh, uh, part of our book title today, Disosa, Reversing the Worst Evil. Tell us about disosa, uh, David. So, yeah, the word sozo, um, we, we talked about the woman with the bleeding issue, and it says that, uh, that Jesus healed her. Mm. And the Greek word there is sozo, and it actually has another meaning to it. It means to save Mm-hmm. And so there's like a, a dual application or more applications. It's not just saving somebody physically; it's saving something, saving someone holistically. That the self, the salvation that comes in, that, that the plan that God has to save them with forgiveness of the heart, emotionally, mentally, the whole shebang. You know, like it's, it's a sozo covers the whole lot. So it's not just healing; it's healing of everything. It's bringing person back to oneness. You know, with with Christ. Okay, so that's uh, our book offer for, t- for today by Dave Fiedler, De Souza, Reversing the Worst Evil. It's talking about uh, that spiritual uh, healing, spiritual salvation, and also uh, physical healing as well. So we'll give you the code for that just after the break. But right now, we're going to listen to Brooke Fraser with Faithful. There's distance in the air And I cannot make it leave I wave my arms round about me And blow with all my might I cannot sense you close Though I know you're always here But the comfort of you near Is what I long When I can't feel you, I have learned to reach out just the same. When I can't hear you, I know you're still here, every word I pray. And I want you more than I want to live another day. And as I wait for you, maybe I'm
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters and we've been talking with David Leo about Jesus turning the tables in the temple. Now David, uh, we've got to wrap up in the, the last six or so minutes and uh, we'll also give the book offer away. Now, so I mentioned that we would uh, give the offer away. I better give the code so that people can claim that book offer. So the code for today's offer, that's DeSouza, Reversing the Worst Evil by Dave Fieldler. Uh, the code for today is LOGOS8. That's L-O-G-O-S and the number 8. So you can text that in to 0488-880-891 and claim a copy. We've just got five copies of that book to give away. So the first five in will receive a copy, Reversing the Worst Evil De Souza by Dave Fiddler. Mm. Mm. So, David, um, what do we have to wrap up our discussion this morning about Jesus turning the tables? Yeah, I think I think the main point to take away here is quite often we... Uh, Jesus is seen as a, a forgiving God, a compassionate God, kind and long-suffering, and all these characteristics is true. That's what the Bible says, and this is the this is the Jesus that we experience you know, on a day-to-day basis when you get to know who Jesus is. But to get to know somebody, you get to know them in, in all their facets. And I was sharing with you off off air, uh, Jason, that you know when I was a kid and I and I saw my dad, um, you know, in a conflict. You know, and it was quite tense. I felt like, oh man, I, I know what's going on here, and um, I could hear the the arguing between uh, the the two parties. Mm. But um, the reason why I, I could hang in there was because I knew my dad. <laughs> you know, I knew my dad was a loving man. I knew he was a a man that these things, and I, he was protecting our family. You know? And I could, I could, I could stay in that. I could stand that moment of conflict and and know that I'm okay, that I'm protected, you know. And it, it's important that we know too that Jesus is not only the long-suffering, compassionate, forgiving God; He's also a God that will bring justice, you know. And that could that could be seen as a lot of people think, oh, no, how can a loving God do something like that? Well, how can a loving God not do something like that? Mm. <laughs> you know, how could a loving God let the temple continue the way it's continuing? Mm. And let it be a scam and let it be a place where it's meant to be a place where people get to know who Jesus is, but instead, you know, they get they get ripped off and they um they get caught up and if and you feel part of the part of the people that are afraid of God, but it's because they feel guilty. They know that what they're doing is, is wrong. Mm. You know, and so um 
for for Jesus to bring justice and man, you know, we're asking the same question that they've been asking since the beginning of time and they keep asking, Lord, how long? Mm. <laughs> how long must this go on for? And uh we ask it today. You know, we see the world crumbling around us and um you know, we've got we've got uh, tech people in power that we didn't elect to be in power and, and you know, all these corporations that can you know, there's so many things, you know, so many things to list off from my head and it's like, man, who's gonna um Who's going, to, who's going to take care of all these things? And Jesus says, I will. Mm. I'm going to come through. You know, I'm, I'm coming again and I'll, I'll renew the earth and I'll renew heaven. I'll renew our lives. And man, praise the Lord that he, he will do this. But, you know, in, in those moments, you've got to know who Jesus is. He's not just, uh, he's not just this guy that's flipping over tables. Nah, he's the, he's the, he's the God that created us. He's the God that died on the cross for us and rose from the grave for us. You know, so yeah, we keep he, that in mind. Yeah. Uh, I guess a simple way of putting it is that there comes a time when he must right the wrongs. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, yeah. And prophecy points that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he and he did that uh, in a way in the temple. Uh, when Amen. He turned over the tables and got rid of the money changers. Makes you wonder how long they stayed away from that, or whether they went back to their practices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Yeah. So, uh, David, last week uh, we had a person text in just uh, questioning um, our understanding of the end times and uh, right. talking about how he was of the view that in the New Testament where it talks about where Jesus talked about the last days and uh, other uh, books of the New Testament talk about the last days, that he was uh, his understanding is that it's talking about the days of Israel being the last days of Israel. In a way, you know, we've sort of been talking about that a little bit today with, uh, you know, the the fruit uh, withering or the, the fig tree withering that Jesus was uh, forecasting, you know, that um, mm. that uh, the, the, the days of the temple were coming to an end. To an end. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but how does that relate, you know, how, how does he explain, you know, uh, or how do we explain how the, it wasn't just about Israel in the last days, or they're talking about the last days in the New Testament. How do we how do we uh, know that we are actually talking about a future time when uh, there is a, a final last days, not just the last days of Israel? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, well, well, one of the <clears throat> one of the Excuse me. One of the important things to to get to, and thanks for your question, Michael. I think it's a really good question. I think um, when you, I hope you've been and listening to some of the prophecies that have been been taught. One of the things that we get told in Daniel two is how the timeline works and when Jesus comes again, and it points out where we are in the in the picture. Right? It's gone through four these four kingdoms, and I, I can't get into all of it right now, but it kind of points out to us that oh, we're in the we're in the part of the clay and the iron, which is in the toes. Mm. And then the rock comes, which is Jesus comes. And that hasn't happened yet. So that's one indication that we're living in the, living in the last days. Um, is he only speaking to the, um, um, the nation to the, of Israel? To, to the, yeah, to the nation of Israel. And, and, and we, we get a picture from Paul in, uh, the book of Galatians. I'm trying to get the, get the, um, verse, verse, specific verse, but it says that, um, Jesus Christ, if we are in, and if we are uh, in Jesus, then we are also part of Abraham's seed. Mm. And so Jesus Christ didn't come just for the seed of Abraham. Like he didn't just come for the Israelites. He came to open up for everybody. And Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. 
Right, and so that was his specific calling was to share the the message of Christ to to all the world, to the Gentiles outside of the nation of Israel. That's right, that's right. And it says in Hebrews four verse two that salvation is of the Jews. So they, the, Jew, the 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 people of Israel, the covenanted people of the Old Testament, they were the ones that were to express and mirror the character of God, so that everyone can go, "Wow, we want to worship the same God." Jesus came. And, and he fulfilled and course, all the. Jesus was sorry? a Jew himself as well. That, that's right. Yeah. And Jesus drew himself and he came and fulfilled all those prophecies and then said, this is for everybody now. Mm. This is, uh, you know, this, this, this message goes to everyone. The Jews had their time. And when you follow prophecy, and this is why I'm so, uh, this is not my thing on, on the Monday mornings, mind what people have encountered Jesus. But when you listen to the prophetic messages that you can find on Faith FM, and uh, I'm happy to, Contact uh, Michael or, or talk to them personally and, and um, go through more. But the prophecies all point to a specific time that could show us that we are now definitely living in the the last days. Mm-hmm. The, the difference between end of an age and the and uh, the end of days, and the, you know, we're we're definitely definitely according to pro- Bible prophecy, we're at that place. And it's not just for the Jews; it's uh, Jesus came for everyone, the whole world. Yeah. Well, um, we we need to wrap up, but uh, yeah. what have you got for us next week, David? Next week, we, it's uh, the end of uh, Mark, uh, and it's when they question Jesus and his authority. So it's uh, challenging the boss is a title of our uh, of next week, and okay. um, yeah, finding out why can he turn over tables and say what he says. No worries. And uh, tomorrow we've got Gary Webster and he'll be joining Tabitha tomorrow. Why bad things happen to good people, part two. We're going to go out with My Faith Has Found a Resting Place by Mark Miller. Have a good day. Not in device or creed I trust the ever-living one His wounds for me shall plead I need no other argument I need no other plea It is enough that Jesus died Life he gave